Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. Instead of working towards getting what you want, working towards loving what you have, instead of going out and spending money on a movie, could you find joy in making a pizza at home and, you know, doing popcorn over an open fire, which sounds so Laura Ingalls wilder, (laughs) but you know what? When you can enjoy simple things, yes, gives you so much more freedom. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I am super excited to have a conversation today with my dear friend, Kathy Lip. Kathy is the podcast host of the Clutter Free Academy and the best-selling offer of the Husband Project, Clutter Free. And her newest book, which we're going to be talking about today, which is Ready for Anything. She and her husband, Roger, live in the mountains of Northern California, and they run the Red House Writing Retreats. She is great with humor, full of wisdom, and Kathy offers hope paired with practical steps, which is why I love her, to help women looking to live with meaning. So Kathy, welcome to the No More Perfect podcast. Jill, I'm so excited that there is a No More Perfect podcast. This is amazing. The world has been crying out for it, and it's finally here. Huzzah! I'm super excited. So thank you for joining me, and um, I'm super excited uh, to really dig into your book, Ready for Anything. And, you know, I, I really think that one of the neatest things uh, talking to authors is to hear the story behind a book because there's always a story behind a book. Right. You know, I, um, oftentimes my stories are places where I had a huge learning curve or I made a mistake or I struggled with something. All the above. (laughs) Yes, Yes. All the above. So What's the story behind Ready for Anything? Well, I think, you know, God orchestrates things in such uh, weird ways. Can we just say weird? But like, it's weird to us. It's not weird to God. So there are two stories that really have put, one's pretty mundane and the other one is pretty dramatic. I'll tell you the dramatic one first. So we were, both my husband and I were working from home one afternoon And it was the first day of school where everybody was back to school. So our college kid was back to school. Our high schoolers were back to school. The house, it was just me, my husband, and the dog and the cat. It was blissful. Yes. And you were breathing a sigh of relief. Exactly. Finally, things will calm down. So there's not a knock on the door, but a pounding on the door about two o'clock. And somebody's screaming fire at the top of their lungs. 
And so what do you do? Uh, my, my husband and I both ran out of the house. We're both barefoot. Uh, I have my phone and I grab our 38 pound dog, Jake, but I didn't bring a leash. I didn't bring shoes, anything. And so we're standing out on our front yard and we're in townhouses. So what we get out there and see is two door. It's not even two doors down from us, two walls down from us. Mm-hmm. Our neighbor, he and his um, two toddler sons are out on the, the grass and their house, it looks like a scene from the old movie Backdraft, like just flames licking outside of the windows, you know, glass mm. crashing, the whole thing. The next door neighbor's house, the one right next to us, we hadn't even met her. She had moved in like a day before when we were gone. And so um, we don't know who this person is, but the m- fire is moving towards her house. The, the fire department shows up breaks down her door to make sure nobody's in her house. We leave our door open and we're standing out there and we're like, well, thank God the kids were not here today. And then I started thinking my son, Jeremy, it was his first day of college. So I'm like, Roger, there's no way that Jeremy would have come home and we wouldn't have heard him. No, Kathy, he, he would have told if Siffy. And then just in the mid sentence, Roger runs back into the house. Mm. So about 30 seconds later, Roger runs out of the house. And about 45 seconds later, Jeremy is following him. And he was there and you didn't realize it. We had no idea. And so Roger would like it known on the No More Perfect podcast (laughs) that he ran into a burning building to save his child. (laughs) But Jill, it's pretty hard to get around the fact that we grabbed the dog and left our kid in a burning building. (laughs) Oh my goodness. <laughs> and fortunately, we didn't lose our house. Jeremy came home, didn't want to bother us because he saw both of us working and fell asleep like only a teenage boy can fall asleep, like coma-like state. But that happened. Then, you know, and I always felt like I need to do more, you know, for our house. I need to be better prepared. There's always this feeling like I just need to be better prepared, but I didn't know how to do it. Then uh, my husband and I were taking a cross-country trip uh, across Canada. And uh, I booked a bunch of Airbnbs, but uh, I, what I had failed to look at was, did they have laundry facilities? So we were in, I was in a laundromat, you know, a, a hot, dusty laundromat on the vacation of a lifetime. And I had plenty of time to look up, how do you do laundry when you don't have a washing machine? And it took me to all these prepper sites. Now, Jill, you don't need to go to these prepper sites. It's, there's a dark place on the web. You don't need to go. <laughs> But it got me to thinking, wow, there are people who actually take these steps. And so Roger and I started talking about how do we be better prepared? And we started to realize, you know, emergencies aren't just your house burning down. It's also somebody losing their job or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your child's in a car accident and how do you respond? And so I'm a pretty optimistic person. I, uh, you know, positivity is my number one strength on the strength finders, but I've realized because I'm so positive, I want to keep moving forward in my life. And that's why I need to be prepared. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. And so by being prepared, you're not being, um, it's, it's not that you're, uh, thinking negatively. I don't think so. I think I'm coming to the realization that bad things happen, but we don't have to be put off of our path because of the bad things. You know, Everybody should have 
a savings. And I know that that's right now that's really hard to say because a lot of us, you know, one person's out of a job or something like that. Right. But if during better times I had put more money away, this hard time might not be so hard. That's all I'm saying. And so can we look at those things? And then there are some specific things. I don't think you probably spend a lot of time worrying about earthquakes. Right. I'm guessing earthquakes are not. A no, not in Illinois, but in right. California where you live, I'm sure they are. Yeah. But I have never spent one minute worrying about like a, a tornado mm-hmm. it, or a hurricane, except for when I was visiting my friend Aaron McPherson in Texas and had to hunker down in her mom's bathroom. Right. So like, yeah. So you prepare for the emergency that's most likely to happen to you. And for most of us, that's either, you know, location or it's vocation. So your job, something like that. Okay. Location or vocation. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Well, and you know, <clears throat> I mean, just thinking about everyday life, um, you know, it was about nine months ago that my father passed away right. and all summer, well, actually the, the year previous to that, I was, um, my mom and dad lived in Indianapolis. I lived in Illinois. So it's two and a half hours away. And there were several times that I had to drop what I was doing and head over to Indianapolis. And that, I mean, I got to a place where I was, I had a bag packed. It was kind of, Kind of like the woman that's, you know, uh, due to have a baby and she packs Mm -hmm. her bag at eight months because she wants to just be able to grab it. I was getting to that place where I just needed to have a set of clothes, make sure I had contacts. I had, you know, my makeup, that kind of stuff where it could just be grabbed and and go. Um, And that's really what you're talking about as well. Yeah, it really is. And preparing, you know, whoever might need to go. So you know, here's the thing, you're, that's no longer your situation in life. However, if something were to happen to your house and you had to move out for three days, you know, mm-hmm. how long would it take you to get things together? Now, here's a completely different ridiculous thing. We, the other thing we're very concerned about here with Nor- Northern California is fires. And I live in the mountains of yes. Northern California. So, one of the plans we had to think through is how do we get ourselves and our animals out of the house? And we, we have gone a little off the deep end. We've had a dog and a cat for most of our marriage, but we just added six chickens to the mix. Yes. (laughs) So we had, you know, we have to make a plan for them as well. So we have a little bag of chicken feed at my mom's house, you know, because that's the most likely place we would go. And it's just thinking through those things. So you don't, here's what I think. If we don't think through those things, our brain is still thinking through them, even if we haven't done anything with them. Mm. And there's this worry area that is constantly going. But if you say, you know what, I know I've got chicken feed at my mom's house in case of an emergency. I know I've got a change of clothes, you know, in the back of the car in case of an emergency. And we're very fortunate. My mom lives about an hour away and we actually like have a little, this is where I'm recording from today. We have a little studio set up. So we have our clothes and our makeup and our deodorant here, you know, very important things. If you don't have that, would you be able to live away from your house for three days? That's what the Red Cross suggests that you should be able to do. When I wrote the book and I put in there that we should have two weeks worth of food and water in case we need to shelter in place, 
people thought I was ridiculous. They thought that is such an overreaction, Kathy. Well, then COVID-19 hit, not so crazy after all. And in the book, I talk about having N95 masks and stocking up on toilet paper. And, you know, I didn't know the disaster that was coming. Right. And here's the thing. We don't know the next disaster. Nobody saw these. Well, at least I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. the, the protests and having to shelter in place from that. But here's the thing. There's a level that we can be prepared for almost any emergency, whether it's outside of our house or inside of our house. And that's the level I want you to be prepared at. Mm, I love that. So, so you write about the reader, um, the getting the reader to do three, two, three. So you just mentioned one of the threes and one of the twos. So tell us that again. Um, So what is three, two, three? So three, two, three is being prepared to be away from your house for three days. So if there was a fire, if there was an earthquake, if there was or a hurricane, something that would make it so you cannot live at your house for three, you know, for whatever period of time. The three days gives you time to make decisions. So this is having three days worth of clothes, food, water, and provisions for animals, whomever that is, you know, those kind of, or kid, you know, kids or animals, whatever, whoever is in your household. So, so you the, might be away for more than three days, but the three days buys you time to figure right, things out. Exactly. Okay. It buys you time to go to the bank to maybe get more money or, you know, fi- be able to get to your parents' house or your kid's house or whoever that is. But three, day, three days also is enough time that gets you through a weekend. Mm-hmm. If you need to get prescriptions refilled or something like that. Yes. So some of the things I have in my get out bag are a pair of old prescription glasses. Are they ones that I want to be seen with when I see you, Jill? No, they are not. But <laughs> they, they will work in an emergency. And that's what it is, an emergency. That's the first three. The second is two. So that's two weeks if you need to shelter in place. So that's two weeks of food, water sanitation supplies, and um, power. So if your power was out for, because you live on on farmland, right? Yeah, we do. We're out in the country. So, you know, like us, we have a generator, but that's only going to last us for a week. And we've had a power outage since we've owned this house of over a month. So (sighs) what do you do? I know we were snowed in without power. And so we were not, I'm sorry, let me be clear. My neighbors were, we were not home at the time. We were doing it as an Airbnb and thing, but we had neighbors who didn't leave their house for a month. Mm. And so most people don't need to stock up for a month, but they do for two weeks. And then the second three, so the three, two, three is three months of emergency funds. And you have to determine what the emergency fund is. I'm not saying three months worth of salary saved up. I'm saying what will get you um, if, if there's a job loss or something, what can help you survive yes. in that? Now, the beautiful thing is if you do 323, three, you already have two weeks worth of food that you don't have to worry about because you've got that stocked up. Right. And so that doesn't come out of your money. So to think about it in that way, if, if it's hard for you to put away money, maybe it's easier for you to put up canning or buying an extra can when you go, you know, an extra set of cans when you go to Costco. Those kind of things, to think through those kind of things is really yeah. valuable in a crisis. 
Gotcha. You know, I recently did a blog post. It was when the stimulus money came out and I did right. a blog toast on one thing you might want to do with your stimulus check. And Which that was? was put it in an emergency fund. Yeah. I mean, most of us weren't expecting that. Right. Most of us. And yes, for some people, they needed it to live on. Right. Um, because they lost income, they were furloughed, they were laid off, yeah. or whatever. Um, and I wasn't talking to that person. I was no. talking to the person who wasn't expecting it. And maybe instead of thinking of it you know, as a way you could spend it, maybe you could think of it as a way that you could actually increase or start your emergency yes. fund. Well, and Jill, first of all, I love that because yes, because right now, it may not be an emergency for you, but two months from now might be. And one of the things I've done, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, weird little bits of money come to me, whether it's an insurance thing or um, we paid off a credit card, praise God, but we paid off too much of the credit card because of the way the interest was and everything like that. So we just got this check for like $300 mm -hmm. and it's like, we were not expecting that. And so all of that gets tucked into an emergency fund Yes. that uh, until we get to a place where we're like, okay, that's enough for us to feel safe that we don't even look at because we don't miss it because we weren't expecting oh, it. Yeah. Now, that emergency fund doesn't just have to be used for an emergency. You know, your dishwasher goes out. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sorry, but a dishwasher is a necessity. That's just, and so if I can say, you know what, I have $300 I can squeeze out of my budget right now, but I need another $400 to get the dishwasher that's going to last us for a while. Take that from your emergency fund and then go build that up again. Yep. Yep, exactly. And you know, one of the things that really has helped us is also doing auto transfers. Yes. Um, and we've done it in a couple of ways over the years. Um, now that we're more self-employed, um, it doesn't work quite the same way, but we do, we have it just set up that on each payday, a, a certain amount goes out to our emergency fund, a predetermined amount. Um, when we were actually working for someone, um, we had the option for our checks to have a certain amount that could be taken out and sent to a different account. Right. And so both of those, we don't really see it, but yeah. it's just automated and it's, it's, it's in our budget. We know it's being taken out, but it's automated. And that really makes a difference too. There's a psychology behind it that says, you know, if I don't have it in my major account, I don't know it's there. I don't plan on spending it. Yep. And, you know, right now, and this has not been true for everybody, but for us, because we haven't been eating out, because we haven't been traveling, because we haven't been going to the movies or going to the mall, there's been extra money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I was telling you before I got on here, Jill, um, there's been extra money, but there is also, let me say, there hasn't been as many much expenses, but there also hasn't been as much income. Right. And so to understand, because I'm self-employed, you're self-employed, we know how this goes. And my husband's company took cost-cutting measures across the board. And so mm. we're going to be getting, a, you know, a lot less salary. But here's the thing. We are, being frugal is a skill, which I know you understand. Mm -hmm. And it's a muscle that you have to work on. Yes. But it is, it is such a good skill to have in case of circumstances like this. And I'm just grateful that, you know, there's been a little cushion for a while, 
but now we're saying, okay, time for cushion to be over and to make, make our money and us start working to save that money. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And that was, you know, about 10 years ago, I wrote a book living with less. So your family has more. And um, we just actually updated it and re-released it. And one of the things we talk about in there, it wasn't just a book about managing your stuff for your money, or it was about the attitudes required Mm. to to be successful at living frugally. And so I, yeah, like you said, there's, I mean, it's really a mindset that we have to get in. Yeah. Um, Instead of working towards getting what you want, working towards loving what you have. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, finding joy in, instead of going out and spending money on a movie, could you find joy in making a pizza at home? Could you find joy in doing, you know, renting a movie online that your whole family can watch? So it costs a dollar a person instead of $15 a person. And, you know, doing popcorn over an open fire, which sounds so Laura Ingalls Wilder. But (laughs) you know what? When you can enjoy simple things, it gives you so much more freedom. It does. It does. And that's the attitude of simplicity. And that's, yeah, so very important. So very important. Okay. So let's um, talk for a moment uh, about a few more practical things. Um, You mentioned a few minutes ago, um, and you just mentioned it in passing. It was your get out bag. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first three. So for me, it is three days worth of water, food, underwear, you know, very important things. Is that more than one bag or is that really one bag? It's one bag per person, but also we have water stored in our car. Okay. Um, So, because the water is the heaviest thing that will go in there. So we have a get out bag for Roger, one for me and one for the dog and the cat. (laughs) And the chickens have a, the chicken and the cat both have carriers. So the chickens can all fit in one dog carrier. I know it's, it's, it's it's a different life, but, um, the cat is in a cat carrier and the dog just goes wherever we go. So it's having those kind of things. Now, like I said, we have a little bit different situation since my mom is only an hour away and it's most likely whatever disaster hits her isn't going to hit us at the same time. And Mm -hmm. we have a lot of those things set up there too. The only thing we don't have and we have to figure out is we don't have a chicken coop at my mom's house. So Ah. we'll have to figure out that one once we get there. But yes, uh, it's, that three-day bag is like what you were doing for your dad. You know, it's, do you Mm -hmm. have your, do you have some extra contact lenses you could put in there or a pair of glasses in an emergency? It has a little cash in it. Um, It has, and the other thing we do is we make sure that we have our wallets and our bags hanging by the front door. So that if we need to grab something in emergency, unlike when the fire happened at our house and all we had was my cell phone, we can actually grab those things that we would absolutely need. Wow. Okay. Um, play devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've always been told not to put your purse by the front door because of the possibility of somebody being able to reach in and grab it. Oh, well, okay. So somebody would have a hard time doing that at our house. Let's put it this way. If you can have it on the path out your door, yep, there you I, go. I, I would yeah. be, I, I would sign off on that. I've gotcha. never heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
yeah because ours our front door is such that it you wouldn't be able to see the bag where it's hanging so, gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So in your book, you got, you also include some recipes and they're recipes that you can use for, um, like canned foods, right. self-stable ingredients, that kind yeah. of, right? Yes. So this is actually kind of fun because sometimes if you don't have power, you're not going to have your refrigerator, you're not going to have your freezer. So your first thing to do is to eat up the things in there. So what I would say is do your best to, you know, if you have perishables in your fridge, eat those first. We, we always talk about in our house fresh first. Like if you're okay. going to eat between the frozen broccoli and the fresh broccoli, do the fresh broccoli first. Because, I mean, how many of us take our vegetables on a field trip? <laughs> where we bring them home and then, you know, they go to the composting posting pile. But in an emergency, if you don't have a refrigerator, you need to have shelf-stable food. So I have a recipe in there for, for chili that is delicious, but it's all canned. And so, you know, when you're not in an emergency, you can add some ground turkey or hamburger to it. And it's delicious. In um, a crisis where you only have canned foods, uh, you could add uh, canned chicken to it or do it vegetarian. The other thing to have on hand in that circumstance, though, is if you have a barbecue, having propane for that barbecue or charcoal or something so that if your power is out, you can still cook your food. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. And um, Gosh, I've never thought about even keeping almost an, like an extra propane tank for that yes, purpose. Yes, exactly. So we talk about that in the book to keep a little extra propane on hand so that you can cook. And, you know, your best bet is to cook as much as you can at one time that will stay good. So, you know, doing your oatmeal the night before when you're cooking, you know, your chicken or something like that, and that you could just heat up very quickly the next day. Thinking about how can I save power and energy? Because if you're in a crisis, at least up here, they keep promising they're going to turn on the power on a day and then it's the next day and it's the next day, it's the next day. Right. And uh, you just don't know. So you have to be, you have to be smart and be an advocate for yourself and for your neighbors. Mm, okay. That makes sense. And you know, one of the things that we recently, especially with um, COVID, so, you know, my husband will turn 60 this year. And really? one of the things I said to him is, babe, you're like on the verge of the high risk, you know, so I want to keep you out of, of stores. Um, you know, let's not make unnecessary trips. And yeah. so one of the things we started doing too is like for him, um, he cannot live without his coffee. I'm not right. a coffee drinker, so I don't understand that addiction, but <laughs> yes, as you hold your cup up. <laughs> so, um, but he, um, you know, he can't live without it. And what was happening is he'd get down, he'd say, we need coffee. And he hadn't told me that. Right. And I had just been to the store, but now it was an emergency. We needed to yes. get to the store. And I said to him, I want you to always have two things of coffee on hand. Exactly. So that when you're out of the, the one that you've been using and you start using the second one, that's when you let me know that I need to pick right. that up at the store. So really, it's kind of the same idea to it's, some degree. Joe, it's exactly the same. And that, you know, the thing is, you never want to have to make an emergency trip. So, you know, to have that backstock 
And then to say, okay, and what can I, you know, if, if your brain is like, we're going to have chicken every Tuesday night, but Mm -hmm. you're out of chicken that day. You can't think like that. It's like, how can I switch it up now? Coffee, coffee would probably be the one thing that I'd be like, there is no substitute. We, we, there, so I can substitute, like normally I have milk with it, but I could put condensed milk or evaporated milk or, you know, if, if really we're in a crisis, I've heard people do powdered milk. I don't even understand it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, to say, okay, to not have to make those emergency trips, especially during this time. Right. It's so important. So it's always the one plus. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's my theory with toilet paper. That's my theory with, um, you know, Clorox wipes, whatever it is, it's the one plus so that you can have enough on hand that you're like, okay, if I can't get to the store this week, we're not feeling well. Um, there's been a new outbreak in our community. We're going to be fine. We're yes. going to be fine. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. The one plus. Yeah, I did. I've been, I was doing it. I didn't even know there was a name for it. See, and this is what I think, <laughs> Jill, we are more prepared than we actually know. Mm. But when a crisis comes, we haven't thought about all the things that we've already done instinctually like that. And right. the other thing is, I will tell you this, and you know, depending on his, you know, I'm not a coffee connoisseur. I, it's just my best way of getting caffeine into my system. But one thing you can do is you take the grounds from the day before, you add half as much this morning, and to me, it tastes exactly the same. Now, if you're a fancy, fancy coffee person, that may not be all true, but if you need to make it stretch, this is a good tip. Ooh, dang. Thank you. Good hack. All right. So um, before we, you know, bring this to a close, I think one of the things that is important, I mean, you and I are both Christians. um, Our faith is very important to us. What do you say to people that say that by being prepared or by um, thinking about all of this, you're not trusting God? Mm, You know, it's, it's, I probably my biggest resistance because I think people are also afraid of being that guy with, you know, 10 years of canned beans guarded by an AK 47. I get it. So there, here's the thing, you know, when people say, I don't need to prepare, I have faith or, um, I've got, you know, I'm going to prepare because that's the wise thing to do. I think for those of us who are, walking out our Christian principles, there's a beautiful mingling of faith and wisdom Mm. that God has given us wisdom to prepare. I look at the Proverbs 31 woman. She's a prepper. She 100%, you know, she's storing up food. She is, um, she's instructing her household. She's sewing clothes. She's doing her, you know, she's an entrepreneur. She's doing all the things, but you know, we're never going to prepare enough to um, not be affected by what's going on in the world. Sure. And so um, I, I really believe that mingling of faith and wisdom and also understanding that the reason we prepare is so that we can be prepared to help others. Mm. We can be prepared to help that elderly neighbor. We can be prepared to help the mom a couple of doors down whose kids, you know, she doesn't have childcare for them or what, you know, whatever that is in that crisis. 
we prepare so we can be prepared to help others. And so if prepping scares you, I would love for you to go read Proverbs 31 and just see how she lays it out. Yeah. And also understand that we are, it's not just about self-preservation. It's about preparing to love our neighbor. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah, we really, that's when we become um, committed to the ministry of availability. Yes. Uh, is really, um, and it may be that we've um, stockpiled a few things and they need, and we can actually share that. It I, may... I, I believe in pantry shopping. So I've done this probably a half dozen times where somebody's been in a crisis and I say, just go into my pantry. Everything in there can be replaced. Mm. So, you know, I, you know, because I have the one plus, I always right. have something extra. And I mean, I've had friends who are like, I, you know, we're girls here, so we can talk about this stuff. They're like, could I take the always pads? And I'm like, Yes. I mean, that's as important as your coffee. Let's just yes. be super clear. And so to, to be able to be free with your stuff, when you are stocked up like that, it doesn't feel like such a hit mm-hmm. and you can be freer with the people who need it. And so if you have a pantry that others can shop in when their husband loses their job or they lose their job or there's a medical crisis or something, just think about the the pressure you can relieve for that person. Oh my gosh. I know you're that kind of person too. Yeah, absolutely. You know what what just struck me? Because this conversation is helping me to realize, you're, like you said, I'm more of a prepper than what I've realized. Yeah. But years ago, many, many, many years ago, um, when our kids were younger, we went on a month-long trip. We actually came out to California. Uh, my husband was uh, doing a wedding for a friend, and then he was going to take some courses at a seminary out there. And while we were on the road, a family from our church, their house burned down. <gasps> And we got a phone call from one of our friends and they said, hey, is there any way this family could stay at your house? And we were like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the house was sitting empty, you know? Right. And, um, and so now every time I leave, I make sure all <laughs> of the beds are made. Right? <laughs> I do. Yes. And I, because I'm always like, well, if we're not going to be here for a week, but somebody would have a crisis and would need to. And, and, you know, I know not everybody has that kind of a mindset or, and, and is, wouldn't be comfortable with that, but it is something that we're, com- we've hosted Airbnb for years. And, and so we are comfortable with it, but that I, that goes through my head every time I get ready to leave. Jill, you know what? Okay. First of all, I just adore that. And second of all, I think there's something about us who have done Airbnb. We just have a different attitude towards these things. But when the campfire happened here, we were able to open up our house and just, and we had emergency supplies and families were able to just come. And it's a ministry. And even though Roger and I live in that house full time now, we only use one bedroom and well, I was going to say there are four open. Um, one of them is housing. It's a chicken brooder right now, but there are <laughs> three bedrooms that are open. And so, you know, we could have those people come and, you know, it's, I, but I love that attitude. I was like, oh my goodness, you left for a month. How clean was your house? Because well, I don't know I don't... my house would have been prepared for people. I don't think it was because at that point in my life, I was kind of a messy and, um, and I, 
I doubt it was. So that's probably why I'm motivated to leave it in better <laughs> shape now. But, but hey, they were you just know, grateful for a place exactly. to lay their head. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they had small children and of course we had toys and yeah. so they could just, you know, relocate for that amount of time really. And they did the same thing that you're talking about the three days. I don't remember how long they stayed, maybe a week or two. But it bought them time to figure exactly. out what their long term was. Exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, I love that. That's great. Oh, Kathy, this has been so good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, share your wisdom with us and, and your journey. Well, Jill, thank you so much. And I, you and I have the same heart. So it's so fun to talk about these things. And yes, you are more prepared than you know. And you're also more, you know, this is for everybody. You're, you're more resilient than you know. And I think that this time has really shown us that. Um, but also, you know, during a, if you just take a few minutes to think about it in advance, it's going to go such a long way to helping you in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll make sure and include a link over to Kathy's uh, book in the show notes. And uh, it's a great read. I've already had the opportunity to read it and uh, share about it. But thank you, Kathy, for helping us to be prepared and ready for anything. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.